0: This is professional wrestling announcer and sports host, The Young Professor, and you are listening to the From Corner to Corner
1: podcast. Fantasy booking at its finest. Neil and Sean go back in time and rewrite some of the biggest moments in wrestling history, from WWE to AEW and more. Join us on our journey as we repave the path of wrestling as we know it on this episode of From Corner to Corner. Oh, you didn't know da, 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 da. you better call somebody da, 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 da. oh, it's me, it's me it's that bona fide d a d rolling once again with that mr b a l d I'm not really anymore <laughs> you're not you're getting there. you're headed back to the mullet land, aren't you Mullet mania. <laughs> Run wild, baby! <laughs> mullet mania is not the same without the mullet. That's it's for not, sure. It's not. I had to. I had to pull that one out again. I, if you think back a month or so, when we had the whole episode that I cut out the opening, that was the opening that you missed out on. So, what's that? The
0: opening? Yeah. <laughs> Seems like it so was, long ago. That was when
1: Adam was recording with us, and he was literally in the floor la- dying laughing. He was. He was. I don't <laughs> It was so funny. Another big show tonight. Man, let's
0: talk about first before we get into the show. What a big week of pro wrestling. Yeah. My dad, of course, is an over-the-road truck driver. All right? He's not home very much during the week. He was home and watched Monday Night Raw for the first time in forever. And the first thing he did Tuesday morning was call me and be like, what What a really good episode of Monday Night Raw. (laughs) It's good that he's missed all the previous stuff. I was like, well, that's the first one in years. But, I mean, Raw was solid. You had SmackDown, of course, always delivers. Dynamite, you had the Battle of the Belts. But the biggest wrestling storyline of the week, I think, is TNA Impact.
1: Yeah. And they're hard to kill 2022. They had... uh... A little bit of an invasion last night, huh? More than a little bit of an invasion. Of course, Jonathan Gresham, the uh,
0: Ring of Honor world champion, he defended the belt on the show, and he retained. He's a phenomenal wrestler. Yeah, he's really good. But they did. They had a little bit of an invasion. You had Mike Kanellis. You had, uh, I guess he's Mike Bennett. It was only in WWE did they make him take Maria's last name. (laughs) Right. Uh, Matt Taven, who's a former Ring of Honor world champion. He's really good. Yeah. PCO was there. And then some guy, I think his name was Victor. I think. They came down during like the hardcore match that was going on and just laid everybody out. I was hoping, fingers crossed, I was hoping we might get uh, one of our future interviewees and his promotion to show up. They didn't. That's okay though. But I told you this morning, I am really excited about this invasion angle. Yeah. I think they're going to do it the right way. It's not going to be some phoned-in invasion angle like what the WWE tried to pull off with the WCW. I think it's going to be a legitimate invasion angle.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and uh that's exciting. I mean, it gives the ring of honor you know, posse something to do there gives them hope uh, on that part of it as well. But you know, there was there was a little bit of other stuff that happened this week too. There was a little bit. I of mean, that. I mean, our last show dropped the day after day one, mm-hmm. so so we had already talked about the fact that Brock Lesnar won the title, right? Mm-hmm. So Bobby Lashley wins Monday night, and he's going to challenge Brock Lesnar for the title. And then Friday night, he opens up and comes out and challenges Roman Reigns. So, you know, hey, wait a second, wait a second. Didn't I say that was gonna happen? You did. You did and on last week's show, you were like, I think we're gonna see this now. I said one of two things, and both of them actually yeah. ended up They there. they teased that a little bit. But like towards the end of the show, Adam Pierce is on the phone and he's like, Oh, okay. And he's like, basically, he's got to name a challenger for Roman by the end of the show. Which, by the way, let's just go ahead and state this. On last week's episode, we thought Roman was going to be gone a while. Apparently, it wasn't that bad. He's back less than a week after he was found positive with COVID. That's awesome news. I didn't go on and edit anything to the show because I knew we were going to be doing this show and... Uh, who knew that Roman was going to show well, up we but, on Friday? Said on the show that we thought he'd be out to at least the Rumble, right? And we thought we was just going to see interviews. Oh heck, he was back in the know, ring. Yeah, in the ring Friday night, face to face with Brock Lesnar. But he kind of shooed Brock, Brock Lesnar off. And then SmackDown goes off the air with the challenger for Roman walking in, and it's none other than Seth freaking Rollins. That's his new name, by the way. Yeah, Seth freaking Rollins, and that laugh that he has. <laughs> Well after he's got Seth is in a good spot right now.
0: I'll go out on a limb and say this version of Seth Rollins is equivalent to the tribal chief version of Roman Reigns. And I say that because they're doing the best works of their career. Both of them. Yeah. We knew this was coming. We've talked about this multiple times on our show. Yeah, I'm telling you,
1: we're going to start calling ourselves prophets. Right. Well, the, the funny thing about it is, is I think we kind of lean towards the the fact, and, and maybe this is where they go with it. We were assuming that we would eventually get back to a to a, a Seth face to challenge Roman, but let me throw this little twist on to you. Paul Heyman is stepped aside now, but has
0: he? That's
1: all I'm going to say. Well, theoretically, we don't see Roman become the face of this feud, right?
0: Not this quick. I mean, we only have three weeks. Right. Is this this just a write-off thing? This is a... We need somebody to put in the ring against Roman that can look like a legitimate, credible And it'll be a great match. Great match.
1: And, And you said this morning, as you did last week, we're probably headed towards the brands melding back together. I think we are. Right. And we think that because Brock,
0: a SmackDown star, is now the Raw World Champion. Yeah, Seth Rollins, who was just in the Raw World Championship match on Monday night,
1: or well, Saturday, night Saturday night, and then and then, and then the, competitor for Monday
0: night, then the then a challenger match for uh, Brock's belt, and then shows up Friday night on SmackDown. I think they've, of course, they've thinned out the roster. Okay,
1: Right. we the endeavor when well, they had to do something since Brock won that belt. I, I that was a last minute thing. I mean, that was obviously not planned. But it's like what goes through your mind is like, let's just have Brock win the belt. Okay. So Roman's the only male wrestler other than tag teams on SmackDown. So who's going to go up against him? Because Drew McIntyre is out. With a legitimate injury. Yeah, for a while, right? Sasha Banks is gone now. And we talked about
0: how decimated the women's roster was. And I'm going to get to the women's roster momentarily after we finish this call. So
1: I don't know. We got a we we got a long way to go and I'm glad to see that headed back in the right direction. You know I think it's better product when it's all together.
0: Now to touch on that before we move on, I could theoretically see Brock lose the world title at Rumble to Bobby Lashley.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Brock being Brock beats up somebody in the back as they're getting ready to walk out, takes Take their, their spot, spot in the rumble. comes in, wins the rumble. Boom. We're off to the races. Roman and Brock. We can get there that way. I think you and I universally agree. Roman's not dropping the belt to Seth Rollins at rumble. No. Brock. I don't think Brock's dropping the belt to Bobby Lashley. I think it'll be a good match. As we said, if Brock wants it to be a good match. But out of the two of them, Brock's the most likely, I think, to lose his title. And I think that's unlikely. But we could still get to Brock versus versus Roman at Mania with Brock interjecting himself into the Rumble as he did the Money in the Bank a, f- a few years back. Right.
1: No, I definitely agree
0: with that. So this is going to be a, a hot topic that I think we definitely are not done talking. But I have a question, Chuck. Okay. Do you hear that? Do you hear it? No. You don't hear it? No. The, the forbidden door being kicked in? Oh. <laughs> you didn't hear the forbidden door get kicked in? I, no, I didn't, but I, I, I'm i falling. If I could stand up, I would have done the leg kick and everything with it. Well, that's what they're saying anyway. I'm not so sure the Forbidden Door was kicked in. For those of you that don't know, the Forbidden Door is basically the WWE working openly with any other organization. Because the WWE has always been one of these companies that is perceived as a we're going to do us boo-boo. I don't care what you're doing. We're going to do it. I don't want to work with you. Matter of fact, I don't like you. I want to put you out of business. But we hear on SmackDown as they start announcing entrance into the Women's Rumble, which, by the way, what is Charlotte
1: doing in the Women's Royal Rumble?
0: She's a champion.
1: Because they don't have enough to fill the Rumble. They don't have enough. So they've brought back Nikki Bella. Both of the well, I was getting there. You cut me off.
0: I'm sorry. No, you're not. Nikki Bella, Brie Bella, Kelly Kelly. Paige is teasing her return, and then we hear current Impact Women's Champion Mickey James. Yep. Well, then social media goes ablaze because they've kicked in the forbidden door. Well, Vince doesn't kick anything in. He may have opened said door. But I went back and looked because that's what a good researcher does, right? I remembered. I was like, and I think I even told you, I said, this isn't the first time that WWE's worked with Impact. And I couldn't remember what it was. But it dawned on me. Ric Flair, when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame the first time, was a member of of TNA's roster. So they had to get permission from TNA to put Ric Flair on the Hall of Fame and show him at WrestleMania. In return, Impact got to use Christian Cage for for a show or two. Earlier, I, I, I said earlier this year, well, it's the beginning of the year. Last year, if you remember, Chris Jericho, who is a AEW talent, was on Broken School Sessions with Stone Cold Steve Austin on the WWE Network. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything to this other than they needed names to fill the rumble. Mickey wanted to do it. Mickey wanted to do it. It's a little bit of an olive branch because of the, we talked about the trash bag incident where yep. all her stuff was sent in a trash bag. That guy that did it has been fired and it blacklisted. He's not going to get hired anywhere. But something interesting is John Laurinaitis when he called Mickey and this is all speculative. Of course, I don't have any insider information. She said, well, John, I am. Under contract with impact. And he said something along the lines of if they don't care, Vince doesn't care. So if if. If Scott Demore and all these people at Impact, if they're good with it, then we're good with it. So it's interesting. To me, who shows up in Impact? Because you would think if Impact's like, sure, we'll let you have our women's champion. My first wonder is, does she get to show up with the belt? Does she come out at the Royal Rumble holding the Impact women's title? That would be one of my She market. might not even be the champion by the time that happens. Uh, she, I mean, she defended the belt against, uh, against Peraza last night in the Texas death match. Yeah. So she, so, so she did win. Got busted open even. Women started the show and end the show. Pretty cool. But if she gets to walk out with the belt, I will then lean towards the door being opened. Okay. Yeah. I agree. I don't think she gets to walk out with the belt either. But I wonder who do we see from the WWE roster that shows up on Impact? Logically, I go to AJ Styles. Yeah. And it could be something as simple as he shows up to help the good brothers out. Simple enough. But I do think that we will see a WWE talent on impact. Now, some people believe this is the WWE's way of trying to one up AEW. They think that they're going to work with Impact to build impact up to the number two spot to try to overtake AEW. <laughs>
1: you gotta love the conspiracy theorist. Conspiracy right? theory. Well well here's the thing. The, the, that's a great thought. Thought yes, but Impact doesn't have TNT or TBS or a home that everybody can tune into. And I, when I say everybody, I mean the majority of the people where they can get a million type viewers on a weekly basis. Bring they on. can't. So unless the WWE, unless the WWE is going to somehow figure out how to get them on TV as well then i would not buy that as a potential thing and that's exactly where my mind goes yeah they don't have a legitimate
0: tv deal right access tv is not a legitimate tv deal right okay if you're not part of the basic cable package if i can't pay the bare minimum on any tv streaming service or sign up any tv you sign up for if i can't get the minimum package and get your channel, then you're not a legitimate channel. Right. Okay. So I agree, but something that is, I think being overlooked one impact is all over social media. That's all anybody talks about.
1: Well, I mean, I saw earlier, um, Jordan and grace and a picture of, uh, her, her boyfriend, fiance, the the husband, no. Gresham. The, yeah, Gresham, with a comment said, "Please stay." Right. <laughs> so, so here's who's benefited. Impact
0: in the last year has worked with AEW. It now looks like they're working with WWE. They've brought in very wisely Ring of Honor talents, hopefully to play out this invasion angle. Impact is hot as fire right now.
1: Yeah, all they need is, is a the, place to watch it. Is the television network? Yeah, that's all they need. I mean, you can watch it on the app. You can watch it on Fight TV. A week later, I was gonna say you can watch it. You can watch it on their app through Fight TV. But that later. doesn't gain them steam, right? Because by the time you can watch it, you already know. What you already know it. what happened.
0: Yeah, right. So I do think we are getting to the point where we could see impact talent showing up on wwe television i think we could also see that reciprocated with wwe talent showing up on impact pay-per-views i don't think they show up on their weekly tapings i think it's only pay-per-views are we close to aw and wwe talents working together not so fast I think there's too many egos in place for that to happen. Tony Blamey, Vince McMahon. I think there are a lot of. I think they're I think it's got money written. On. I mean, you. I I sent you the tweet that Moose said. Oh well, since the forbidden door is being kicked in, Roman, what do you think? Yeah. The first comment you said
1: was gold. <laughs> Roman literally wouldn't waste his time. Right. It was. It was a picture of Roman and Paul looking at something, and it says Roman trying to figure out who Moose is. Right. It's like, it's so good. Roman literally wouldn't waste his time. Yeah.
0: But those are the kind of dream scenarios that you're like, I mean, Moose has gotten really good in the ring. Yeah. Roman is
1: really, really good. What about really him calling himself the wrestling god? I mean, is he a fan of the show?
0: Does it not write itself, though, the wrestling god versus the tribal chief? Yeah. I mean, come on now. Bring her on down now. So I say all that to say I don't think the forbidden door has been kicked in. So when I ask you if you heard it and you said no, I don't either. All right. I don't think the forbidden door has been kicked in. I think the WWE is smart enough Business wise, to know, hey, I scratch your back, you scratch mine, kind of thing. They also have reached out to the WWE or the WWEs reached out to AEW. They have some upcoming filming things that they're doing for the network, and it's going to have AEW talent. So that's one. I mean, that's all the things that don't get talked about. So to say that the forbidden door has been kicked open, I don't buy it. Now, if Mickey James comes out at the Rumble carrying the Impact women's title, I will tell you that the door's been opened. It hasn't been kicked in.
1: Right. And I would be shocked if that happened. I would be absolutely shocked. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know how Vince is about his titles, and I just cannot imagine him allowing that to happen. And then, you know. Now. She could have tights on with <laughs>
0: back to women's <laughs> title all over Throw back to
1: yeah. Rick Rude. Yeah.
0: And I can't move on to our topic, which by the way gets me in the feels. Okay? My hand cramps when I think about our topic. You're excited about this one, aren't you? I've been really excited about this one. If you watch our live TikTok or follow us on TikTok, you'll see my action figure. My galoob action figure of the guy. Anyway, I digress. I have a missing the mark. I actually have two missing marks. Okay. And I know we didn't do it last week, and it's it kind of became a kooky like, thing that we were doing all the time, and then sometimes it felt forced, and I think we have just decided that it's going to be a natural thing. If we come right. up with something throughout the week, we're going to have a missing the mark. If we don't, then we just don't have one. Right. And I know this is going to be a big shock to everybody, but my missing the marks, both of them actually, have to deal with Tony Bologna. I mean, who would have not seen that coming? Right. So my first missing the mark is your TNT champion has COVID. I think that's what has him out. Cody. So you're out seven to ten days? we're going to name an interim champion because your TNT champion's not going to be there for a week so we're going to go through the the hassle of creating another belt because they both have to have one because at some point we got to have a ladder match with them hanging above the the, the air for a week on a show that you call Battle of the Belts and it sucks <laughs> You have 65-year-old Dustin Rhodes in a match on a thing that you're hyping up as Battle of the Belts? Come on, man. You you want to put Super Kick Mania all over everything? Have them come out and fight. They Sure, they can put out 47 Super Kicks. He's all tore up doing a Canadian Destroyer off. You're 65 years old, man.
1: I wish you all could see his face. He is fired up.
0: And it's a good product, but they do stupid things.
1: You know what it makes me think about? What? Do you remember when we did the Blunders episodes there for a few weeks? Yes. And we talked about how towards the end of their run, they didn't have a plan further than one week out. It was week to week. It almost feels that way with AEW. It does, and I'm like, there's no need. Now, listen now, if, now. the Battle of the Belts was Saturday night, right? It was okay. Well, that's so was the Cowboys and Eagles for playoff positioning. But if if Cody's out, you have other champions on the on the on the show. Change the card. Jade Cargill just won your TBS title. Let her defend it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And if you want to have a match, have a match between. I think I honestly think it was Sammy Guevara versus Dustin Rhodes. Have them go at it to see who's the number one contender.
1: So did Dustin fill in for Cody?
0: Basically, I guess he carried the Rhodes name. Well, then you have Ricky Starks, who might as well be Ricky Martin. Maybe not even Ricky Starks. Dante Martin. I don't. I don't even know the guy. Comes down and. All I know is Scorpio Sky made a tweet about him looked like he's wearing mom jeans. Said Sammy Guevara got slapped in the face by a man wearing mom jeans. <laughs> and then they're like, "And this guy's staked his claim to the to the TNT title, and it's they're gonna fight next week." And I'm like, "But Cody's gonna be back. Why? Why are we painting ourselves in the corners, Tony Baloney? My God, man." Missing the mark number two. (laughs) Tony Baloney, for the love of all things holy, get PR people in place. You don't need to have one of your EVPs, your executive vice presidents, Kenny Omega, going back and forth with fans on Twitter. You're the face of the company. You were the longest reigning AEW world champion in history. Lay off the Twitter. Nobody cares. You don't see Brock Lesnar tweeting. You don't see Roman Reigns tweeting. You th- I mean, they all have Twitter. You don't think fans get on their pages and talk smack? Of course they do. It's what fans do. But it's not a good look when one of your faces of the company and your executive vice president, which basically is just a fancy term to say he's one of Cody's boys, is talking smack and going as far as to call a fan a pedophile because he has his daughter in his photo with him. And then when the guy says, yeah, good try, that's my daughter, he goes on and says, yeah, I'm sure the boys in the slammer will love you. That's not necessary. It's not yeah. necessary, man. Lay off the Twitter, dude.
1: Take the higher road there.
0: And then if and and then he wants to he he wants to claim he hates Jim Cornette. But every other tweet he puts out is about Jim Cornette. <laughs> Jim Cornette calls him Twinkletoes, <laughs> and tells him that Twinkle Toes needs to focus on wrestling because his matches are crappy. Jim Cornette's words not mine. Actually, Jim Cornette's words are more colorful than mine.
1: Uh yeah. We, we we're a clean show we can't refer to those types of language on this show right but stop worrying about what jim Cornette says on
0: his podcast right stop worrying about what some joe schmo has to say about your match right you don't care you're getting paid you've been the longest Reigning world champion in company history. You've traveled the world doing professional wrestling.
1: He's off after his surgery. He's bored, I guess, looking for something to do. Stick to the video games. Right.
0: Tony, I'm begging you, man. Hire some PR people. And I know that Vince gets a lot of criticism for filtering and censoring his wrestlers. But you don't see this kind of stuff happening with WWE guys. Vince shuts it down. I mean, I understand that part of the draw for A.W. is, you know, they get that avenue to be themselves. Yeah, but I also am running the business. Like, not only are you making yourself look bad, you're making the company look bad. Yeah. I'm all for, you know, saying what you think. and There's times and places for it. And I think Omega is teetering, if not leaning on the taking it too far. Yeah. So. Those are my two missing marks. I gave AEW enough love last week during during the cornies. Okay. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, so you had to balance the universe back like, out yeah. this week.
0: Yeah. Everything was all lopsided. The well, axes... I mean,
1: you know, Adam Adam was texting us going. Who is this Neil? I love this Neil. Well, Adam, there it goes again. <laughs> I'm back. It, it's all gone. So So on to this week's topic. Woo! We have taken uh, probably the last six to eight weeks and really kind of been off of what our regular format is. Right. And I hope that that's okay because we just, what was it you said earlier? It's like, look, we're still kind of trying to get our footing to figure out what's the best avenue, right? Right. And if we're going to make changes, we make changes now. But the whole point of our show is to do fantasy booking. Right. So today's topic kind of reverts back to episode numero uno. Yeah, yeah. We're going the opposite direction. Instead of turning Hogan heel, we're gonna turn him face. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> we're gonna say that in nineteen ninety one, when Jim Heard Basically slapped Ric Flair in the face saying that he wasn't going to pay him. And Rick said, fine, I'm gone. Vince has been wanting me. And he leaves and he takes the belt. And the next thing you know, he shows up in the WWE with big gold. And he goes on to win the title at the 92 Royal Rumble. Which is where we started this show. We're going to rewind just a little bit. And we're going to say that Ric Flair and Jim Hurd don't have the problem. Ric Flair gets his payday, and he stays in the WCW at that point. And we want to look at this as an angle of what happens in WCW. We obviously know that if Ric Flair doesn't go to the WWF, he doesn't win the Royal Rumble, he doesn't become the champion, we don't really want to go down that road. That that could be a topic for another show. Because it's really hard to drive the road down the WCW road and the WWF road both. We want to focus more on the WCW part of it. But we know that it affects the WWF. And we'll cross that bridge at a later date. Right. But this is the this is the WCW road. Right. What happens if he stays? He gets his extension. He gets his payday that he wanted. He stays champion. And then moves forward into 91 and 92. We're not going to go real far into the future with it. Just kind of some looks at it. The number one thing that I'm thinking of, if this happens, like you said earlier, Ron Simmons probably doesn't get his title rank.
0: Right. Ron Simmons ends up being screwed, to lack of better words, in this this deal. He became world champion uh, with the WCW heavyweight title. Because him and Luger ended up in the finals of a tournament. But let's
1: let me basically a vacated tournament, right? Right. For a
0: made up title. Yeah. But let's backtrack just a little bit. Okay. Part of the fallout between Ric Flair and Jim Hurd was Jim Hurd thought Ric Flair was too old to be the face of the company. Okay. This is the same Ric Flair. Who wrestled until the 2000s whenever Shawn Michaels retired? He, yeah. he went away and then he even wrestled in TNA after that. Like, yeah, I mean, so, this
1: is 1991 prime Ric Flair.
0: Right. I mean, we're talking Ric Flair. If he's not at the top of the game, he's pretty
1: darn close. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, we haven't even gotten, we're years away from the 83 weeks and he's relevant then. Right. So,
0: Jim Hurd comes in, and he's like, yep, Rick's too old to be the face of the company. We need to move on. Well, Rick's like, I'm the cash cow, okay? I know my worth. Here's my number. Jim Hurd comes back with a number and says, well, this is what we're offering. Oh, yeah, by the way, we're changing your gimmick. They wanted him to have, like, this gladiator-type gimmick. And he was basically going to have to have a haircut and get an earring, and it was going to be real bad. Now, with that being said, Ric Flair has come out and said that one of his biggest mistakes, he felt, was leaving in 91. Yeah. He says he wished that they could have worked that out. Yeah. I think they probably could have, but they were both very strong-headed. And neither one of them was going to budge.
1: Well, and, I mean, Ric Flair was NWA, Mm. that transition to NWCW. Right. Okay. I just looked it up. Do you want to know how old he was in 91? I'm going to guess he would have
0: been 40 years old.
1: He was 42. 42. AJ Styles is 42 years old right right now. Robert Roode is 44 years old right now. Right. Okay. AJ Styles is
0: as good now as he's been his whole entire career.
1: Yeah. He might not be the physical physical specimen he was, but his ability is still the same. Right. I mean, Randy Orton's around 40, 42 years old, I think. Right. Ric Flair wasn't too old. Right. Well. He was right in his prime. And this was before.
0: AJ Styles is a high flyer. Ric Flair's not a high flyer. His skill set is what led him to wrestle as long as he did. But I, I digress. So let's say Flair works out his differences. Okay. They work it out. He teases, you know, well, I'll leave. I'll leave. I'll leave. 11th hour. He resides. He's still the world champion. Okay. So aside from Ron Simmons getting, getting cheated out of a world title run, which would have been, which was, his only chance to win the world title. He never really had another chance. I felt like when he first came to WWF, he was very under underutilized. I think they could have pushed him higher. Again, topic for another day. But Rick Flair has the has has the title. If Jim Hurd wanted to push younger talent, I get that. I think Rick would have probably understood. Uh-huh. So the first thing that happens, or that we have to think about, is we have to get the belt off of Ric Flair.
1: You know, I thought about that this afternoon when we was discussing this topic, but I didn't tell it to you because I want to save it until tonight. They could have played an angle between him and, and Hurd to where he's mad at Hurd and herd's mad at him and Hurd just stripped him of the belt. And he's still there, right? Right? Like they just strip him of the belt. And he's and then then you're like okay well we're going to do this tournament and in order for you to get in the tournament you've got to fight your way into the tournament by doing this 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 you know all of what Vince did with Kofi Kings. yeah yeah I mean I know I mean to me that's a pretty cool storyline it might have been a little advanced for back then I you know I don't know I'm thinking of it just based of based off of that thing right there with the Kofi thing right but I do think that would have been a cool angle of it and. You you almost could have played a Ric Flair Jim Hurd thing prior to the Vince McMahon Stone Cold thing,
0: right? No, oh, you one hundred percent could. have. Yeah. So it's no it's no secret I don't think that Jim Hurd had a fascination with Lex Luger. Lex Luger is who he wanted to have the title.
1: I feel like. And yet, Lex Luger didn't get it in the tournament. No, he gave it to Ron Simmons. Yeah. But.
0: You could have put the bet on Lex Luger, And I think he wanted to push his younger talent, and I get that. I think everybody kind of wants to. But you can't just totally go away from your guys that have been there that have put you in the position you are now, right? So you could have gone with Brian Pillman was there. You had – I'm just looking at names. Lex Luger, of course. You had Rick Rude. You had Ron Simmons. You had Steve Austin, a young Steve Austin. Sting was there. Here's a name. Here's two names for you. The Diamond Stud and Vinny Vegas.
1: I didn't realize that Rude was there that
0: early. Okay, well, Rude's getting ready to play into the into the storyline, actually. So one of the big things that happened when Flair left is, you know, that 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 name that I always say that makes my hand cramp? Yeah, the Four Horsemen. The Four Horsemen, the greatest faction in professional wrestling. Well, if Rick Flair's not there, you can't really have the Four Horsemen. Right. Well, there was a new faction that tried to take the place of the Four Horsemen as the heel faction in WCW. And they were the Dangerous Alliance. So the Dangerous Alliance, of course, led by a guy you may know, Paulie Dangerously. Uh-huh. Some people might know him as Paul Heyman. I don't know if you've heard of him. But it was led by Rick Rude, Bobby Eaton, stunning Steve Austin, Larry Zbysko, and his tag team partner and tag team champion at the time, Arn Anderson. So there's five guys there. So one of the things that happens is that version of the Dangerous Alliance doesn't happen. If, because Rick doesn't leave. if Rick doesn't leave. Because Arn isn't switching factions if Rick's there. Right. So if you look, let's see. Barry Windham's still there. Arn Anderson's still there. Rick Flair is still there. You would need to come up with a fourth member. There are plenty of names that you could throw. I mean, there's plenty of names that you could throw in. I mean, we're talking about they had Paul Roma in the Four Horsemen at one time. Okay? Steve Mongo McMichael was in the Four Horsemen at one time. So there's people that you could put in. You know, but I think that could have been a cool angle. You go... Rick Flair, kind of the old guard, it's him and Arn and Barry and maybe they maybe maybe Sting. Well Zabisco.
1: Again. I mean Well, but
0: Zabisco was in with uh the dangerous lights. But he was the tag partner of Arn. He was. So I mean, But if Flair doesn't leave, they don't they probably don't become team champions. That's true. So I you could put Sting back in. Sting was a former Horseman member. And I say Sting because now we're trying to get the horseman over. You 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 think of what Russo and Bischoff tried to do with the New Blood, and remember they were going to push the young guys, and then they put all the belts on the old guys. Right. Well, I think you do it, but you do it legitimately. You put the belts on the young guys. You get a guy like Lex Luger, or heck, maybe even Scott Steiner, as your world champion. You get a you get a guy like I don't know the Diamond Stud as your U.S. champion. You get tag teams like Steve Austin and Brian Pillman, the the Hollywood Blondes. They're, so you get all these young guys that are your new champions. You're pushing. Well, then you have the Horsemen. Like, hey, we carried you. Don't forget about us. They instantly become the faces, and then you you're building up towards major pay per views. You got your your old guard led by Rick Flair against your new guard. You could even put Rick. You could put, I mean, Rick Rude's the 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 figurehead of the Dangerous Lots. He could be the world champion. Yeah. And and so you put you put Rick Flair Rick Ric Rude as your world champion. You know. Then you got the Steiner brothers can win the world. Like there's all kinds of options. So with with Flair coming back, it opens the door up uh, to do this. And I think Flair, as long as he was in a mid- to upper-mid-card program, I think he's okay. But in this program, he's still at the top of the card. I mean, you're going to want somebody that's going to go head-to-head against Rick Rude, right? Right. Rick Flair's that guy. And I just, as much as I love Rick Flair, it never felt right him being in WWF just like Bret Hart never felt right being in WCW. Just doesn't it just doesn't work.
1: Right. It was a little weird. And it's still weird to this day to go back and watch it now. Right. And it's like what are you you're supposed to be the NWA World Champion. You're not supposed to be here.
0: So I think obviously a lot changes. So one of the things that I think changes is you move towards one of their big pay-per-views and one of my favorite matches, we've talked about this, is War Games. You don't think of four horsemen versus Dangerous Alliance, with those with those four with those eight names I've talked about, you don't think that'd be a good match. Of course it would. Yeah. I mean, there are eight Hall of Famers. Right. It's gonna be a good match. So that's one of the things. I think you can go that angle. With Ric Flair coming back, I think one of the things that they would have had to agree upon is him taking that backseat role. Okay. Here we're gonna sign you back, but I'm taking
1: you out of the world title picture. That'd probably be a tough pill to swallow. But yeah, because he had carried the NWA for so long, all the way into the the transition of the WCW, right? You know? So it's one of those. that's like
0: it would be a tough pill to swallow, but I think ultimately Flair would do what's best for business. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do what's best. But you think about some of these names that never got the chance to hold the world title because you had a a legend, one of the greatest of all time, actually on our top 50 list, he's number two, Ric Flair, at the top of the card. So you got guys like Barry Windham only had one run with it. He's he's still quite a bit younger than uh, Ric Flair. Brian Pillman, he's a, he's an up and coming. Don't know he could be world champion, but maybe. Dustin Rhodes, the natural. I've talked about Dustin Rhodes already. This is when he wasn't 65. <laughs> okay? Dustin Rhodes is pretty good. Yeah. You had, what about this thing? Jushin Thunder Liger. Lex Luger. You had a young Marcus Alexander Bagwell. AK Buff Bagwell. It's before he got Buff. Rick Roode, of course. You know, you still have Ricky Martin. You have Ricky Steamboat. Ron Simmons, we've talked about him. Yeah. Scott Stein. Yeah. Shane a young Shane Douglas. Of course, Sting. You have stunning Steve Austin. I think his career turns out okay. Yeah. He looks like a guy that you can that you can strap a rocket to. Right, The Diamond Stud, we've talked about him. We've talked about Vinny Vegas. They would later go on to become Razor Ramon Diesel, also Scott Hall, Kevin Nash. The Great Mood is still hanging around. Vader. I mean, there's lots of names. Like, Ric Flair could have been like, hey, the main event scene's in good hands right now. There's a lot of talent right now, a lot of legitimate world type talent. And he could have moved down, like I said, in that upper mid-card row, just right out of the main event scene, and he could have helped. I mean, look at what Flair did for Sting's career. Right? I mean, Sting credits his career to Ric Flair. Yeah. Ric Flair also gives Sting just as much credit. You don't think Ric Flair
1: working a program with Steve Austin would have done great things for him early in his career? Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think WCW saw Steve Austin that way. They did not. They they, they saw did. him as a I mean, middle of the card TV well, title. Well, type he dude, you he, know? he held the US title. Yeah,
0: and he was in. His understanding is he was in the running to be pushed for the world title, and then they basically featured endeavored him. They said uh, we see nothing here for you. Yeah.
1: Oops, two pretty big misses by WCW. So far, I mean, big business. Ma- Ma- mean Mark and Stone Cold. I mean. They're, two I, of our top six. <laughs>
0: I mean, there's also a guy by the name of Tara Rising that uh, was in WCW. Uh, and he went on to do, I mean, he, he, he had an okay career when he yeah. left. Yeah. Some dude named Triple H. Triple H. Yeah. So, I mean. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, no slouches. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I didn't even mention they have DDP at this time, and he doesn't become DDP for another eight years. Who was he? Yeah, I mean, he was Diamond Dallas Page, but he was basically just a mouthpiece and yeah. getting getting jobbed out. Yeah. So there's a lot of misses on this roster. Yeah. But Rick Flair. If he would have come back, I think you and I both agree he would have to take a lesser role. Yeah. He's not the main event guy anymore because I don't think that's how they saw him.
1: Well, they obviously didn't or they would have never quabbled over the money. Right. Right. I mean, it, it, it would have never come to that point. But
0: there's lots of talent there for him to work with. How much legitimacy? Well, let me rephrase the question. When? The current version of the U.S. title, when did it feel most legitimate? And when I say current version, I mean in the WWE.
1: When John Cena had it.
0: When John Cena held the U.S. title. Yeah. And he did his weekly challenge. Yeah. How much legitimacy does Ric Flair in 1991 and 2 give the
1: U.S. title? A lot. A lot of legitimacy, right? Yeah. I mean, but I just don't. I just don't think you can look at Ric Flair after being the world champion for so long as him like backing off to a mid tier belt. It just doesn't. I like, like I just don't think that you can see that happen. And I don't think he would ever do it.
0: Oh, I. I think he's too ego driven. Yeah, and I don't think he would ever do it either. But that still doesn't change the question that had he. Decided to do it. He could have won, been the greatest U.S. champion of all time. Yeah, no doubt. And he would have made that belt very legitimate. Yeah. Because when you attach a name, and that's always puzzled me. Why your big names don't ever go after those, the mid-car belts? You think about The Rock. You think about Triple H. You think about Stone Cold Steve Austin. You think about Bret Hart. All four of them held the uh, Intercontinental belts. But then once they won the world title, they never got, went, were back yeah. in the Intercontinental Right. And a lot of that has to do with popularity. Yeah. But there can only be so many people in the top program. Right. And it's like, hmm, let's see. Would I rather be put in some thrown-together tag team match And hold the tag team titles 40 times? Or would I rather do some legitimate work as the Intercontinental or US or whatever your mid-card title is? And I think I would want to be, I'd want the mid-card belt. Mm -hmm. And back in the day, in this era, when you were the mid-card champion, you were the number one
1: contender for the world title. Yeah. So you think about it, it's like, I mean, that's what being – we've talked about that on the Ultimate Warrior uh, shows was being the intercontinental champion made you the number one contender. Same thing with U.S. title. Right. So – It is the furthest thing from the truth now that it could be. Getting back to Ric Flair and the U.S. belt and your storyline
0: where Jim Hurd just gets so fed up with Ric Flair, he strips him of the belt. Then he puts all these insurmountable – past in his way, right? Which Ric Flair, the way that I would book it is I would have Ric Flair get past every one of them until the very end. And whatever it is at the very end, it's just too much and Ric Flair can't do it.
1: Now, are you, are you making Ric Flair a face at this point or are you letting Ric Flair cheat his way through the entire thing to maintain his heel. I think it can be a combination of both. I mean, he's cause always, that would be the ultimate Ric Flair thing is go through all of these things and cheat doing every single one of them. Right.
0: I think it has to be a combination of both. Yeah. The problem with all this is, is I'm assuming in night. And you know what happens when you assume. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming in 91 92 that WCW has a weekly television program.
1: Yeah.
0: They do kind of. Well, they had Saturday night. They had Saturday night. They, Saturday night main event. Yeah, but I would basically I'm turning Jim Hurd into 1998 Vince McMahon. I am Jim Hurd is no, no. You're out. Okay, fine. You went in. Then tonight you have to fight Vader. Yeah. Oh, okay. You beat Vader. Then tonight you have to fight Doctor Death, Steve Williams, and Terry Gordy in a handicap match. Yeah. Oh, you beat okay. Then tonight you have to fight staying in a submission match. Like, yeah. I'm just stacked deck. And finally, he ends up he, he, he ends up losing, and ultimately he doesn't get the belt. Well, Ric Flair in ultimate Ric Flair fashion is going to find his way back into the world title pitcher, Cue the U.S. title, right? Man, I think the storylines there that could have been told. Had I mean, we knew at that point the WCW was great at telling stories. One of the things they did very well was to was tell stories. Yeah. So, and I was thinking, you talk about Larry Zbysko. I think Larry Zbysko could be the fourth member of the Horsemen. I think you could go Flair, Wyndham, Anderson, and Larry Zbysko in the Horsemen, and then you would put Rude. I mean,
1: Zbysko was in the Horsemen at one point, wasn't he?
0: Maybe for a cup of coffee. Yeah. But so you would, in the dangerous lines, you would go with Rude, Bobby Eaton, stunning Steve Austin, flying Brian. So you would keep the Hollywood Blondes together. And then you could have the Hollywood Blondes feuding with, uh, Anderson and Sabisco. I think that works. Yeah. But I digress. So then you get Ric Flair back in the U S title pitcher. So you get him working with some of your, some of your up and comers, but also moving him out of the world title pitcher for the time being. Giving some of those young, listen, I love the Steiner brothers as a tag team. Scott Steiner ended up after he got juiced, ended up getting pushed in the main event pitcher and become a world champion. I think Scott Steiner in 91, 92 could have been a legitimate world title. He was, he had the look, he had the physique, he could go. Now, what does that do for Rick Steiner? Probably nothing.
1: Right. But eh, you know, sorry, sorry, bro. Another one of those. You ever notice that the tag teams always has one really good guy and the other one is just, eh? You're right. You know, and it, it's still, I mean, it's it's like that today. Well,
0: we say all the time that the worst thing that can happen to the Street Profits is D'Angelo Hawkins get hurt. Yeah. Because Montez Ford has superstar written all over him. Yes. Anyway, Montez Ford's not the topic. Right. So, Ric Flair, that's what I would do. Yeah, in a perfect world, I would have him resign. Okay, we have the new blood, the new guard. You have your young guys, uh younger guys that kind of get pushed to the top. Rick Flair, the Horseman, they feel like they're being pushed out. They kind of buck up. They could, they could turn face. You keep them healed. I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily matter, right? But I would have Flair get just every. Every chance, throw another block in his way. Throw another obstacle. Throw another block. Another obstacle. Keeping him as far away from the world title as you could. Ultimately, it comes back around. Ric Flair, he's smart enough to know, well, you know what? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to win the U.S. title. Wins the U.S. title. Boom. He's instantly the number one contender for the world title at that point because that's how titles worked back then. And then, I mean, the big payoff has to be, with Flair going going over and getting the world title back. Right, right. Um and 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 ultimately Jim Heard was terrible. He was really bad. Uh, he,
1: he he really hurt the company. They were coming off their best year ever in eighty nine and he nearly killed them. Yeah because they had just made the transition from NWA to WWE or WCW. Right. And like you said, had the, the record the record year, you know? So I mean, it changed the trajectory of a lot of things. Um, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, Flair was in the WWF for less than two years. He was. And in those two years, but and, and as we'll talk about on a, when, when we do
0: this show, but from the WWF point of view, you know, the guy that gets Ron Simmons in the WWF side is the Undertaker. Yeah. Because the Undertaker doesn't win the world title if Ric Flair's not there. Right. And then the title doesn't get vacated if Ric Flair's not there. Right. So, the Undertaker gets kind of pushed out and he probably gets put in some... I mean, you know, Ted DiBiase probably stays a single dresser longer and then he gets put in some kind of goofy tag team with IRS and they're known as Death and Taxes or something. <laughs> <laughs> but he's the one that ultimately gets... He, he he gets the shaft. So, but I say all that to say both
1: companies would have been fine either way. Right. They both were loaded. I mean, WWF w- 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 still had Hulk Hogan. Right. And WCW C- would have had Ric Flair. Right. You know? And, you know, and I want to do a show sometime. You know, we
0: did, we've done this show. Do you know what the follow-up to this show I think would be? Would be us fantasy booking WCW without Ric Flair, doing it an appropriate way. Cause I, again, Jim Hurd was in charge. He was, yeah. he was a goof. Yeah. But what really should have happened when Ric Flair left and definitely could have happened with Ric Flair there is they could have used Ric Flair, either him leaving or him being there, either way, no matter how you look at it, to really elevate their younger talent. I mean, when you have a guy that is, Goes on to be Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's the, the talent was always there. Yeah, they just didn't believe it anymore. I don't know what it was, but you have you have that guy there. You have Scott Hall. You have Kevin Nash. I mean, those are three pretty legitimate mm-hmm. contenders. Yeah, and I mean that's not that's not considering that you have a young Brian Pillman. You have a young Crispin Wall. You still have Sting there. You have Luger. Vader, maybe one of the most dominant big men of all time. Muda and Liger, they can, like, the fact that I'm looking at their January 1st roster from 1992, and I'm like, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer. Hall, like, what are we doing, guys? Right. Stop. Sometimes It was all Jim Hurt? Well, and as tends to be with WWE, With WCW, most of the time, they can't get out of their own
1: way. Hmm. Fast forward 20-plus years, 30 years, that's almost exactly the same way on AEW. Right. And, I mean, you just – they just can't get out of their own way. I think that just shows a lot about the longevity of the WWE and Vince McMahon and – the vision that he had, and right, how, and and how it's you know he's evolved, but it's never really changed. His vision's kind of been the same. You're exactly right. So I thought that was a great topic. That's a great topic. A super great topic. Yeah, it's been on the list for a while. It actually got bumped a few times, but uh, it was definitely a topic that we wanted to to do. And I like I I, I like the direction. I like the way that went on that. So. I look forward to doing the the WWF angle of it.
0: I look forward to doing going back and rebooking the WCW yeah. with Flair leaving because yeah. I tell you what, Flair the 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 ego he
1: was. I'd be like, you know what, I'll make money without you. Now yeah. you don't want to be here. Fine, don't be here. Yeah. but and I mean, to me, the most obvious name to put the belt on at that point would have been Sting. Stinger Luger. Yeah. I mean,
0: probably Sting makes the most sense, but I mean there's there's tons there's tons of possibilities there. And you know, and 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 I think we're we're both kinda just glossing over Ron Simmons. I think
1: Ron Simmons could legitimately be a Yeah. Well and, and Ron was really good when he did do it. You know, I mean it was it was great definitely on that part of it, so Another great episode We in the new year and rocking and rolling. Well, and what about the exciting news we got this week
0: about our official sponsor, Scrub? Yeah. We're getting ready to set up. Guys, listen to me now. I want you to listen closely. Turn me up. Put the phone down. Turn me up. All right. We're getting ready to open our online store where you can go in and buy exclusive nut scrub products. Yeah. So, I know you all want to try it. You want to get clean from sack to crack. I man said that backwards. If I did, I apologize. Oh, you're right. Don't go out and bite till we tell you that the official, from corner to corner, nut scrub store is open. But when it is open, you will be able to go to and we'll have links posted all over the place. You'll be able to go to our store
1: and purchase Nutscrub. Yep. For sure. Well, you want to give us the other sponsors on the way out the door? Our friends of the show, as we like to call them. We definitely would be,
0: yeah, I mean, we wouldn't be anywhere without, them, without the friends of the show. So, those friends are Crouch Family Bakery, Bread Breadclaws, and Bread Daily. We got Darren's Dashing Dinners and Computer Repair.
1: And, of course, the excellence of execution in terms of white rep, hires. And we did tell you we'd give you an update. Darren did wind up beating Neil, unfortunately, so congratulations, Darren. Stupid Jamar Chase. To winning the fantasy football championship. So, guys, we'll see you next week. Stay safe, friends. That wraps up today's episode. We want to say thanks to all of our listeners. Without you, none of this is possible. If you haven't had a chance yet, please go out and leave us a five-star review on your favorite platform. Make sure to check us out on Facebook at From Corner to Corner, on Twitter at Corner to Corner PC, and on TikTok at From Corner to Corner. You can always reach us on Facebook or on email, Corner corner cornerpc at gmail.com. We love you all, and we'll see you next time.